Hello, and welcome back to the sixth episode of the Brain Power Podcast. My name is Maxwell Hand, and I will be your host for today's episode, and I guess this entire show. Just like all of you, I and the team at Brainstem Centers are learning and growing every single day. This show is by no means perfect, and I am always looking for ways to make it a little bit better. So if any of you listeners have comments or suggestions, either good or bad, I would be more than happy to hear all about them. You can find some more information on how to contact me or our center by visiting our website at www.brainstimcenters.com. All right, let's jump right into the topic of the day. Pharmaceutical drugs versus TMS or transcranial magnetic stimulation, more broadly known as non-invasive brain stimulation. So the world of mental health, it's a really confusing place, especially nowadays. So I wanted to try and help you understand a little bit more about your brain and some of the different options you have when you want to treat it. I think it's very helpful for people to understand how each of these approaches, each of these therapies, drugs versus TMS, um, how they differ and as well as how they actually affect your brain and interact with what's going on inside. I'm going to start with pharmaceutical drugs as the first one and then I'll move on to TMS a little bit later. So drugs, it's a pretty big category, so I thought focusing on just one type of them would be a little easier. Antidepressants, most people have heard about them, if not taken some of them over their course of their lives. They are a pretty big subcategory of drugs and one of the most common and typically first-line treatments given to people suffering from major depressive disorder or more commonly known as just depression. A few common examples would be selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, or serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, or SNRIs. Now, that's a mouthful, but don't worry about that. There will not be any quiz after this. Um, there are really plenty of amazing benefits for taking antidepressants, as well as plenty of drawbacks. But today's podcast is not about going over the good and bad of medication. It's more about focusing on the mechanism of action. In a very simple explanation, Drugs are composed of simple and complex molecules that can either mimic, inhibit, excite, or otherwise interact with these messengers in your brain called neurotransmitters. So there it is, neurotransmitters. This is one of those words that most people have heard about, but don't really know much more than just a few key terms. Some really common examples would be endorphins, serotonin, and dopamine. But don't be fooled, folks. While you have only heard about a few of these, there is actually a huge list of neurotransmitters that work to make your brain function properly. So if you're ever curious, look them up. I'm sure you'd be surprised at that giant list. Now, most of these drugs work by interacting either directly or indirectly with these molecules, neurotransmitters, to relay information or change the flow of information from one brain cell to the next. Now, depending on the type of medication, the amount of dopamine and or serotonin in your brain may increase or decrease, all depending on what behaviors they are trying to address. Medication like antidepressants are really based on something called brain chemistry. Someone's brain chemistry, it's kind of this big term, is just made up of the levels of individual chemicals in your brain. And these chemicals are usually the cause of certain mood disorders, and these disorders can come from irregularities or imbalances in certain neurotransmitters 
and a few other chemicals that are found in your brain. All these kind of make up what is known as your mental state. Now your mental state is a combination of the balances of the chemicals and really how your neurons in your brain are working and talking themselves. And this mental state can be portrayed in the behaviors that we see on a day-to-day -day basis, whether they're good or bad. And typically with depression, we see negative behaviors. Obviously, this is a really simple conversation and there's a lot more complexity to drugs, but that about covers the mechanism of action of drugs and how it's directly affecting your brain. All right, now after that long-winded conversation, we can go to the other side of the coin, TMS. So TMS, it works with the same goal in mind. It wants to show an antidepressant effect, but it doesn't or isn't thought of directly affecting brain chemistry, similar to what drugs do. It goes through a few different mechanisms of actions that hopefully end with the same result. At our clinic, for example, we use EEG or electroencephalography, and we use this to measure changes in the electrochemistry in your brain. Um, the electromagnetic pulses that interact with your brain during TMS are thought to be one of the few ways in which this technology actually can change or manipulate your brain. Let me first backtrack a little bit and explain a few things. Electrophysiology is the study or the measure of electrical properties specifically in the nervous system. So in your head, how it really works is your cells communicate with little pulses of electricity. And electrophysiology, its goal is to read these pulses and kind of determine patterns and measurements to see any changes. Now, all of us produce a variety of brainwaves, such as alpha, delta, theta, and beta. There's a lot more. But for now, those are the four that I really want to focus on. Depending on your state of mind, your brain produces different frequencies of brain waves. And these can really be recorded using an EEG or an electroencephalograph. Now, countless studies, as well as our own clinic, have proven that TMS can and does interact with these brain waves. Because we understand this, there have been a few specific protocols that are made to target these irregularities or abnormalities in people's brain waves. So normally you want a really smooth, really nice pattern, kind of your entire brain working on the same wavelength. But sometimes, whether through injury or through normal course of your life, your brainwaves may not be working at a perfect level. So in this way, we can target any irregular brainwave patterns and then hopefully correct them. One of the brainwaves that has fostered a lot of interest over the past couple of years has actually been alpha waves and its effect on your brain. Now, alpha waves are produced in an eyes closed, relaxed, and resting state. And when you are actively producing these brain waves, when your eyes are closed and you're resting, they become more malleable and can be altered a little easier. That's why during some of our treatments at our center, we do ask you to have your eyes closed and be resting. Now, I would love to dive deeper into the science of electrophysiology, but I think it's going to have to wait for a later podcast. There is so many more interesting things I would love to discuss on this topic, but for now, I am getting ahead of myself. Let's come back to the topic at hand and finish up talking about how TMS is thought to interact with your brain. In a previous podcast, I mentioned this before, but I like to relate TMS to working out at the gym. It's a very simple analogy, but I think it gets the point across about what we're doing here. No matter where you start on the first day of training, whether you've got experience in fitness or whether you're brand new beginning, we are kind of training our muscles to grow and become stronger. Now, with TMS in your brain, you're not trying to train your muscle, you're trying to train your neural circuits and networks. 
Now in this analogy, through repeated training or repeated sessions of TMS, we can grow the targeted areas. Plenty of studies have been coming out showing that TMS can increase or decrease activity in a certain brain region. But what does that mean? The activity of your brain. Maybe there's more chemicals, maybe there's a bigger structure. And a lot of these studies are mainly focusing on just the recording of activity from an EEG, from um, BOLD, from different neuroimaging methods that mainly focus on is this area active and what level is it active at. There aren't too many on the actual structural changes in these parts. But in exciting news over the past decade, there has been a few studies that have looked at the physiological changes to the gray matter after patients undergo TMS treatments. So there's gray matter and there's white matter, and these kind of differentiate what part of the neuron you're looking at or the cell. With this knowledge that there is and possibly can be physiological changes after TMS, there are protocols, actually the biggest one right now that's FDA approved, that take a more structural approach. One such area that they're focused on is the left dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. Imagine the front of your head, your left temple, and go about an inch or two inches back, and that's really where the left DLPFC is. Now, this brain region connects to a different part of your brain, which is called the anterior cingulate cortex, and a few others downstream, and they all form this really cool connection called the depression network. We actually do provide this FDA-approved protocol at our clinic, so if you're interested, please give us a call. Now, while TMS and drugs do interact with the brain in very different ways, like I said before, they can share the same end result, changes in how you feel and how you function. Antidepressants and TMS, specifically for depression, they both really strive to end with you feeling lighter, happier, more confident, and overall enjoying life a little bit more. So in the way that even though there's two different approaches to making you feel better, the end goal is to make you feel just that, better. I hope this discussion really helped you understand how each of these approaches are taken and how they can either change your brain or just softly nudge it into working a little bit more cohesively and smoothly. After listening to today's podcast, hopefully any decisions that you may be facing in the future have just become a little bit easier with this information. Now, the field of neuroscience, as all sciences, is always growing, and neuroscience is still, in fact, a very young science compared to some of the older ones like mathematics and physics, and there are going to be plenty of discoveries and changes to the way we see and use TMS. We are always learning how to better diagnose and therefore better treat different forms of neurological and physiological disorders, but as always, this is what this podcast is all about all about learning something new each and every day and growing alongside all the new research that comes out every year. With that being said, I think this is a great place to end today's podcast. I want to thank everyone for staying and listening to today's topic. All the support means a lot to me, more than you know, and I am really looking forward to growing this podcast and helping a few people, maybe one or two, I'll be happy with that, understand more about their brains each and every day. Thank you very much, folks, and I will see you next time.